welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open your Bibles to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 16. Have you ever complained? Have you ever heard someone complaining? Have you ever been among a circle or a group of people and it's just nonstop griping, grumbling, and complaining? We are going to see God teach us and respond to complaints. The Bible warns us about complainings. Uh, Philippians 2.4 says, do everything without complaining and grumbling and arguing. Let me say that again. Everything we do, no complaining, no grumbling, no arguing. Folks, that is our culture today. That seems to be like all we experience is complaining, grumbling, and arguing. And we as God's people, the Lord is calling us. He says, that's not for you. That's not your lifestyle. Here in Exodus chapter 16, we're going to see how God's people are in the middle of the desert, and they're hungry. The Israelites are starving. They want food, and they're um, lacking that. Lord has already provided them with water at Merah. The water was bitter. That was the first provision. That's what we looked at last week. This week, we see here how the, now the folks are hungry. They're in the middle of the desert, and there's not a lot of food options, not a place for a drive through You just can't order takeout where they're at. But God is going to help deliver them and provide them with the food they need. And he's going to provide something called manna, which is bread from heaven, and birds flying, quail will come in and feed them meat. And for the next 40 years, these folks are going to be eating manna and quail. If you ever thought your diet was bad, if you ever thought you didn't have a good selection to eat from, if you ever look at a menu and think, is this it? The Israelites, for 40 years, I mean, think about like a 30-year-old man. 30-year-old man, he had been born in the wilderness. All that man has ate is manna and quail. He doesn't even know there's another type of food out there. Are there any other options? The Israelites are literally just wandering around the desert eating the same old stuff. And I think in our lives, we're reminded that of the story of how God makes these provisions. These provisions came from the people because they were hungry. There was a basic need, and God met it. Just like God makes your need, meets your needs. The people didn't have to complain. Yes, the Lord absolutely knew what he was going to do. So I want you to turn your Bibles here. We're going to be seeing in this scripture about the Lord's provision for them. I do want you to keep in mind this morning in worship, we handed out our prayer guides. We're calling on you to pray for the next 40 days for revival. That will actually take you into one day past revival. Because even when the revival is over, you don't want to return to your own life. I'm praying that this 40 days of prayer will completely transform our church and the people here, my life and your life, and prepare us for a mighty move of the Lord. Wouldn't it be wonderful to see lots of folks saved and a powerful move of God 
that just, and it doesn't just end in early October, it just continues on, and literally the, the streams of revival just flow from Broadway in reaching Lexington with the gospel. So I want to greatly encourage you and your family to make that commitment. And it is a commitment. It's not a commitment to me. It's a commitment to the Lord. You're saying, God, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to pray for revival, with, uh, faithfully pray for this. Remember, too, I want to keep folks in mind. Two weeks from today, that is September 12th, we are meeting in person. We will be remo- resuming our regular scheduled in-person evening worship services. We're encouraged about this. It has been since March 8th, what, 2020, since we've had regular schedule. Now we've had here and there some evening worship services, but they've not been regularly scheduled. So if you've been watching and listening online every Sunday night for the past year and a half at 6 o'clock, I want to invite you to the sanctuary. If you don't feel comfortable, you still watch online. When you come in here, you can wear your mask if you want to. Make it a safe environment. Sunday night church is a time that we get to dive deep into God's Word. We're making that commitment to be diligent. Sunday night church, we will continue going through the book of Exodus. So our teaching schedule, what we're doing, Wednesday night here at Broadway, we're going through Deuteronomy. Sunday nights, we're going through Exodus. And on Sunday mornings, we're preparing our hearts for a revival. We're praying for a great move of the Lord with... with, uh, with that upcoming event. Exodus chapter 16, verse 1. The entire Israelite community departed from Elam and came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, they had landed in the left the land of Egypt. The entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. So here they are. They get out in the woods, they get out there, and the first thing they start doing is complaining. They're complaining to God. And it says here, The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted, instead you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die in hunger. Moses, you bring us out here in the middle of the desert from Egypt where we, yes, we were in slavery, but we had what we wanted, and all we're doing is dying. We had pots of meat, anything we wanted. And now look what we're having to endure. If only we could return to the good old days. Have you heard that before? Remember the good old days at church? Remember when folks used to get saved. God used to answer prayers. Sunday school classes and sanctuaries were packed with people. Schools had prayer. You would have people who loved their country. They loved the Lord. There was more of this Christian community. And it wasn't so much if someone went to church, because people did go to church, but basically, which church? And you could actually crack a Methodist or Baptist joke or Catholic joke, and people actually knew what you're talking about. You go now and talk about the Methodists and the Baptists and the Catholics, a lot of folks don't have any idea what earth you're even talking about. What do they believe? What does it mean to get sprinkled? What does it mean to get immersed? 
And there's this idea that if we can just go backwards, if we can throw it in reverse, I remember when I had food. I remember when things were better. Always the past. For many of us, we make it more, um, more picturesque. It was more of more glamorous than it really was. When in many ways the past was hard. The past was poverty. The past was a struggle. The past was limited resources. The past was working with less. And God is now maybe giving you more. God is saying, you don't need to go back to Egypt. That was the days of slavery. That was the days that you were in bondage. I have freed you from that. These folks are complaining to God, wanting to go back to Egypt, reminiscing on the good old days. And God is warning us. He's saying, you don't do that. There should be no complaining, no grumbling, no place like that for the Lord's people. God's people are saying, you know, Moses, you led us out here in the wilderness, and now all we're going to do is die. I mean, is that the Lord? He brought you through the Red Sea, part of the Red Sea, only to say, well, this is as far as we can go. Let's kill them all off. Not at all. They're about to see a, a miracle, a miracle of provision. This message is about God providing for you. If you have needs, whether it's hunger, financial, spiritual, or physical needs, God meets those provisions. He's looking for you and I to quit grumbling, complaining, and arguing and say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I'm yours. Lord, help me see that it's you. And I think with a principle we see here, then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread down from heaven to you. The people are going to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way, I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instruction. He says, you want bread? I'll give you bread. I'm going to rain it down. You're going to get bread from heaven. A tremendous amount. That is what we call manna. Manna does not exist today. Manna comes directly from God. We cannot grow manna. We cannot bake manna. It's something only the Lord provides. And it says on the sixth day, so every day he's going to provide this manna. But on the sixth day, sixth day would be Friday. Remember, back in Bible times, the Sabbath was on Sunday, Saturday. Sabbath still on Saturday. We worship on the Lord's Day, which is Sunday. But it says on the sixth day, which is Friday, he says, I, on that day, they'll go out and they will prepare for what to bring in. You'll bring in twice as much as they gather on the other days, meaning you're going to get a double portion because you're not going to gather on, on Saturday. You're not gathering on the Sabbath. Even with my manna, I will make sure that you have enough needs to be met for that day. And that we, you see how even on the Sabbath, God is making a provision. Meaning the man and quell, it does not show up on Saturday morning, on the day of, of rest. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, this evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in 
the morning you will see the Lord's glory because he, he heard your complaints against him. Who were the complaints against when we complain, when we grumble? We are sinning against the Lord. In fact, I want to I read this scripture here because I think this is a sin that many of us Christians, we, we don't talk about it. It's not preached on. We just kind of just go along with complaining and grumbling as if it's no, normal. I myself will find myself falling into this sin. Complaining is wrong. We replace complaining with trust in the Lord. Do you know the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 through 12 talks about the danger of complaining. And it's basically a story. It reminisces when the Israelites were in the desert and they were complaining and God sent snakes to bite the people. And they were killed off because they kept, it says here in verse, in verse 10, the people were grumbling and complaining about, about what was going on. And it says, these things happened to them as examples. They're, God gave an example. And they were written for our instruction on whom the ends of the ages have come. So whoever thinks he must stand, be careful not to fall. Meaning, what caused them to fall? What caused the Israelites to die? Listen, it was the sin of complaining. We don't think about, we don't think about this sin, how dangerous it is. You're telling God that he can't do it. Saying, God, you're not strong enough. God, you can't deliver this situation. And what is powerful about this passage here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I love this. We hear this verse, next verse quoted all the time, but a lot of times we miss the context. Jesus tells the temptation, or God tells the temptation Bible verse, how we can get out of any temptation in the context of complaining and grumbling. It says, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, no temptation has come to you except what is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way out so you may be able to bear it. What is the context that he's talking about? Paul writing the temptation. So many times we think of this about sexual sin, uh, maybe anger. And that certainly does apply. But the context was the folks were complaining to Moses and to God. They were complaining and grumbling. Why are we in the desert? Why are we eating this whole food? We're not doing anything, Moses. This is awful. We're not eating good water out here. This is a pitiful situation. Let's go back to Egypt. Snakes came up and started biting them. The temptation we are warned about for, it destroys many people's lives. Many men are destroyed because they have become a grump. They've become a grumbler. No one wants to be their friend. No one wants to be around them. No one even wants to call them on the phone. Think about how toxic social media is. Any politician who goes out there and makes a tweet or writes something on Facebook, half the people are cheering them on. The other half are mocking them. I mean, you've got... You've got a 50% mock rate. If you say something publicly, you're going to be criticized. Especially 
if it has to do anything in the world of biblical truth or certainly politics or anything to do with masks or schools or presidential governor stuff, anything like that. And the Bible's telling us, God is pleading with us that you're going to be tempted to be like this, but when you gripe and grumble and argue, you're acting just like these people that I took care of that were in the wilderness. You run from that sin. God's people are encouragers. God's people bless others. God's people just have a tremendous blessing that pour into other people's life. Exodus chapter 16, look what it keeps saying here. We've seen the seriousness of the sin of complaining. Many Christians fall into this. In many ways, sometimes Christians can be worse complainers than non-believers. Christians feel they get a free pass sometimes to complain. Non-believers won't complain because they want to have positive vibes, whatever that means. They're purposely trying to be positive, as if being positive saves them or makes them happy. Being positive doesn't save you. We are positive encouragers because Christ reigns in our heart and because Christ is our provision, because Christ provides, and that's what he does here. God provides for his people. It says here, verse 8, Moses continued, The Lord will give you meat this evening and all the bread you want in the morning, for he has heard the complaints that you are raising against him. Who are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. That's what Moses says. He says, guys, why are you complaining to me? And that question is a, is a Bible preacher, is a Bible teacher you. When you quote scripture to someone and they want to argue what you say, you say, look, I didn't write the book. I didn't write the scriptures. Who am I? I'm just the messenger. Moses is saying, listen, I'm just doing what God has called me to do. When we pray for others, when we share the gospel, when we are diligent in our prayer life, we're being faithful to what God wants us to do. Who am I? I'm just a man that follows the Lord. And you are too. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. As Aaron was speaking to the entire Israelite community, they turned toward the wilderness. And there in a cloud, the Lord's glory appeared. The Lord spoke to Moses, I have heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat. In the morning you will eat bread until you are full. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. In the morning's your bread, your meat is in the evening. So at evening, quail came and covered the camp. These birds start flying in. In the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated, there were fine flakes on the desert surface, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, What is it? Because they didn't know what it was. It's manna. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Bread was given here because they needed something to stay alive. Jesus is saying, you're going to eat of this bread, but you're going to be hungry again. You're going to drink of this water, but you're going to thirst again. I'm offering you a bread, Jesus says. The bread of life 
is eternal. We eat of it, and it doesn't, it doesn't end. It continues on. Jesus gives us something that doesn't run out. Every day, God had to keep supplying this manna. One time, Jesus saves us. His salvation for our life is eternal. Moses told them, it is the bread the Lord has given you. Verse 16. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much as each person needs to eat. You may take two quarts per individual according to the number of people each of you have in his tent. So the Israelites did this. Some gathered a lot, some gathered a little. When they measured it by quarts, the person who gathered a lot had no surplus, and the person who gathered a little had no shortage. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. Moses said to them, No one is to let any of it remain until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some people left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank. Therefore Moses was angry with them. So they did not, they thought, we're going to save this because I don't, I don't trust the next day we're going to still have this. So we're going to make sure we uh, save some of this bread for the next day. They didn't, they didn't want to eat it or throw it away. They thought we're going to preserve. And God wasn't looking for preservation. He was looking for trust. He wanted them to completely trust him that they knew daily bread, this is what it means. Every day, God meets our need. He meets your need too. They gathered it every morning. Each gathered as much as he needed. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food. Four quarts apiece and all the leadership of the community came and reported this to Moses. He told them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you want to bake, and boil what you want to boil, and set aside everything left over to be kept in the morning. Meaning, Friday you need to keep it because you're going to get your food from this on Sunday or on Saturday. So they set it aside until morning, as Moses commanded, and it didn't stink or have maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you won't find any in the field. For six days you will gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Look how God is making this provision. God is even honoring. He's obeying his own command. We honor the Sabbath. And what's amazing about this is we actually do not have the Ten Commandments at this point. The Ten Commandments have not been given. So the Sabbath was actually coming from creation. That's where it comes from. This is Exodus 16. Exodus 20 is four chapters later when they received the Ten Commandments. So the law has not been given yet to the Israelites. So they're introducing them to the Sabbath. You will rest this one day, a day of, it's called complete rest. You're not to gather. You're to do double work on Friday, gather up all your food so it will carry you through. So we see the foundation being laid right here for this coming Sabbath. It's, it's a life of preparation. Yet, verse 27, Yet on the Sabbath day, seventh day, some, people, some of the people went out together, but they didn't find any food. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and instructions? Understand that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he will give you two days' worth of bread. Each of you 
will stay where you are. No one is to leave his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. They went out to the field and there was nothing there. God reminded them, says, listen, my word is true. You need to trust me. If I say you're not going to have any bread and quail on Saturday, you're not going to have any. The Sabbath day is not going to give it. The house of Israel named the substance manna. It resembled colander seed and white and was white and tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses says, this is what the Lord has commanded. Two quarts of it are to be preserved throughout your generation, so that they may see the bread I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. They took this manna and they put it in the Ark of the Covenant. This ended up along with Aaron's staff that budded and it also ended up there with, um, it says here, Moses told Aaron, take a container and put two quarts of manna in it. Then they placed it before the Lord and preserved it throughout your generation. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron placed it before the testimony to be preserved. We know the Ten Commandments, which haven't been given yet, Aaron's staff that budded, and the manna here was in the Ark of the Covenant. That was in the the Ark, the Holy of Holies. The Israelites ate manna, look at this, for 40 years. 40 years they ate manna. Until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they reached the border of the land of Canaan. They used a measure called an omer, which held two quarts. So they used their omer, and they had their two quarts of manna every single day. They did this. They did not celebrate the Passover while eating this manna and wandering around in the wilderness. God was making a special provision for them. When they crossed over the Jordan River and went into the Promised Land, the manna quit coming every morning, and the quail would quit flying in each evening for them. And I think the principle for us, what we get, God is telling us, you have grumbled to Pharaoh, you grumbled at the Red Sea, you grumbled at Merah where the water was bitter, and now you're grumbling at Moses over the leadership. God is speaking to us and to you, to me, saying you do not need to be a, be a, a complainer or a grumbler. We are called to trust the Lord. The Lord is calling and speaking to us. It's a supernatural trust that daily He meets our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. That is the Lord's prayer. He reminds us every day we trust Jesus. Have you trusted Jesus? You might have a heavy heart. You have, you have prayer requests. You have needs. And Christ is calling. He's speaking to you. He's saying, do you trust me? Do you believe I can provide and meet your needs? I want to invite you to get saved right now. Maybe you've been listening on our podcast, listening on our YouTube channel, listening on Facebook Live. And Christ is speaking to you. And you just need to trust him. He meets your daily needs. He provides for you. Quit living a life of complaining, grumbling, griping before the Lord.
I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I want you to pray and respond to the gospel. You pray this prayer. You let me know if you got saved this evening. Bow your head and pray. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm done complaining. Lord, I'm here for you. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I cry out and call out to you, Jesus. From this day on, Lord, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. God tells us if we trust in Him, He does not let us down. His hand is not too short. He lets us know we are His children. You let us know. Send me a message. Send me an email. Fill out our connection card. Let us know how we can follow up with you as you begin your journey, as you take steps following Christ as our Lord. God bless you. I will see you next Sunday, which is Labor Day weekend. We'll be here online service at 6 p.m. God bless you.